Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Tuesday, February 27th, 2024, and I hope that it finds all of you doing very well and making your way nicely through this week. Now, this is for Tuesday, so be aware that tomorrow night we are not having our prayer meeting. I have to go out of town tomorrow. I've got an important meeting down in South Carolina for denominational business, so I would very much appreciate your prayers, um, not only for traveling mercies, but for clarity of mind and, and that good work would be accomplished by our committee. Um, but I will be back before Sunday, and Lord willing, I'll be here uh, Wednesday and Thursday as well. But go ahead and, and plan to not be here Wednesday night for prayer meeting and Bible study. Now, let's get to it. It's good to be back with you as we are rolling our way through Acts chapter 24. Where we found ourselves yesterday was with... Uh, really Paul and those from the Sanhedrin, Ananias itself even came down to Caesarea as Paul stood trial before Felix. We mentioned before that Felix is the Roman governor, okay? He's the equivalent to what Pontius Pilate would have been when Jesus was in his ministry. The way that the Roman Empire was set up, of course, was that you had the empire and it was Roman, so it was based in Rome and you had the emperor and all that kind of stuff, the Caesars. But the way that the empire was set up is that local areas and municipalities, they got to keep their local government but there was a Roman governor that was placed over every region, okay? That's that's just how an empire works, okay? And Felix was the guy, okay? He was the guy that was over the Judean region. So if there was a conflict that rose beyond just Judean law, where the Sanhedrin would have heard cases and that sort of thing, then it would have next gone up to Felix for Felix for decide. This is not only the case in general, but it's definitely the case when it involves a Roman citizen, as we know that Paul was indeed a Roman citizen. And so also, we, we, we're not going to go back, but y'all remember all the hubbub, the, the riots, the people yeah, throwing dust in the air, taking off their clothes and tossing them around. Very animated people, okay? Very, very upset people. They were on the verge of riot. They were trying to rip Paul to pieces. Nasty, nasty stuff. And that's when Claudius Lysias got involved. He was the Roman commander in that region. He took Paul into custody. All of that business took place. Um, and also, don't forget that little, that little interlude where Paul's nephew finds out about this plot from the 40 men who made a vow to not eat or drink anything until Paul was dead. Um, they've had this ambush worked out. So, very wisely, the commander ends up sending Paul to, uh, to, to Felix to stand trial. Now, we saw the beginning of that the last time we were together yesterday. We also saw the false testimony of Ananias, and we even talked about the, uh, the letter the day before that. I guess that would have been Thursday where, um, Claudius's memory is really interesting. He, he, he says, Oh, yes, I, I, I swooped in and I saved this Roman citizen, Felix. You're welcome, you know. And of course, it's all a lie. He didn't even know that Paul was a Roman citizen. In fact, if we were to go back, we'd find out that he thought Paul was an Egyptian terrorist that had raised 4,000 rebels in the desert, okay? But nevertheless, what we saw the last time that we were together was Ananias speaking there in the temple, um, these accusations being thrown out about 
all sorts of lawlessness, about dissension, about all the things that Paul did to go against the law of Judea. Oh, and by the way, we saw this just dripping, you know, festering gratitude. It was so two-faced, y'all. This gratitude from Ananias to Felix. Oh, great Felix, his excellency. We know that you've ruled wonderfully. And what he doesn't tell Felix is that one of the biggest problems they have with Paul is that they think Paul dared to bring a Gentile into the temple, uh, thus defiling it which we know would not have defiled it even if he had done that because what does Jesus say when he cleanses the temple? He goes all the way back to what happened with Solomon, right? Where the temple was to be a house of prayer for all peoples. But the Jews kind of hijacked that. Nevertheless, that's where we were the last time. And where we find ourselves today is Paul is going to speak to Felix, the governor, and, and, and pay attention to how things are ratcheted up. Okay, you remember back when all of this originally went down, we found this wonderful little portion of scripture uh, in Romans, or excuse me, Acts chapter 23, verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now, originally, Paul thought everything was moving towards Jerusalem and that was his final destination. That's why he told the elders, um, Previously, back in chapter 20, hey, you're never going to see me again. I'm going to Jerusalem. But then he was clued in that the real prize is Rome. Paul had his audience with the commander there in Jerusalem. Now, take it up a step. He's in Caesarea to see Felix. And eventually, he is going all the way to Rome. But, but, nevertheless, what a wonderful, wonderful uh, example we have of God's providence here. And also, what a timely reminder of, of how to interact with the world around us and what's really going on with the world around us. So all of that being said, let's pray and then we're going to dig in. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time that you have given to us. What a blessing it is that we have the opportunity to come to your word, that we have the technology to do this sort of thing together. I thank you for everyone who makes this a regular part of their lives. And for someone who might find this for the very first time, I pray that it would be a blessing to them and a reminder uh, of who we are called to be as we interact with the world around us. So please work in our hearts to that end. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so where we are picking up today is Acts chapter 24. Um, let's pick up in verse 9. We, previously, we heard Ananias' statement against Paul, the accusations. Then we find out in verse 9, the Jews joined in the accusation, asserting these things were true. In other words, false witnesses, okay? They're bearing false witness in a court of law, breaking the commandment. They don't care. They just want Paul dead. They're testifying that he tried to defile the temple, all that kind of stuff. Verse 10, when the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied. So the idea is courtroom setting, okay? I'm trying to help you get there with your mind. Courtroom setting. Um, Felix is the one that's acting as judge. Ananias and the Jews have made their case. Now it's time for Paul to defend himself. He motions for Paul. Paul replied there in verse 10, I know that for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. 
My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. Side note, what charge is that? We're not going to read it, but rewind. And you can see that the charge that they made, the ultimate charge that they really came at him against, came against him with is that he was trying to defile the temple, stirring up this discord. Remember what I said yesterday, the whole policy of the Roman Empire for Jerusalem and Judea, the whole goal for Rome was no news is good news. There was a major trade route that went through Jerusalem and, and, and Judea. Their, their whole attitude was, hey, we don't care. Just keep the trade routes open, Roman governor, whether it's Pontius Pilate or whomever, as we're going to see, that doesn't matter who it is. We don't want to know. Tax them, get the revenue from them, and say, if you want to take more, take more. That's on you. And, and hey, guess what? Do whatever you need to do to make sure the trade roads are open and to keep these crazy people calm. And so with that mentality, Ananias, the high priest, he knew this. Every, everybody knew this. He knew this. And so the biggest charge that he could lay against Paul was, without saying it, because he's far too cunning to say it, was, hey, Felix, um, you got a guy here that's trying to defile the temple itself. Thus, in, you know, inciting riots. He's trying to turn the whole world upside down. And he doesn't have to say, hey, Felix, what's the Caesar going to think of this if, uh, if, if he's able to turn the world upside down in Jerusalem? He doesn't have to say that. All he has to do is suggest that Paul is some sort of insurrectionist, anarchist kind of guy in order for Felix to step up and deal with Paul as a dangerous man, dangerous to himself and to the empire. But what has Paul said here? He said, they cannot prove to you, verse 13, and they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. That being the main charge that he tried to defile the temple. Verse 14, however, I admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. Interestingly enough, Paul doesn't call the way or Christianity. He doesn't call it a sect of Judaism. And we shouldn't either. Y'all, I've talked to you about this before, but there's this trend developing in portions of Christianity where there's this hearkening back to the old ways. And, and what that means is that people place a lot of stock and store in ethnic Judaism. Okay. Um, and it's not racism in the traditional sense. It's kind of the other way around. It's not anti-Semitic. It's pro-Semitic. But it's this idea that we have to embrace all of the traditions of the Old Testament, all of the ceremonial law of the Old Testament, because Christianity is a continuation of Judaism. And so that means we should be worshiping on Saturdays. And that means that we can only eat certain foods and we can't eat pork and we got to do this and we got to celebrate that feast over there and we got to do that. Y'all, it's important to note that Paul does not identify Christianity as the continuation of Judaism, and neither should you and I. Christianity isn't the continuation of Judaism. Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism. We're going through the book of Hebrews now on Wednesday nights, and, and it's taken a long time. We're going slow because there's so many fundamental uh 
theological realities presented in the book of Hebrews that you really don't find anywhere else in the New Testament. And so we're taking a long time to go through this, but the message of the author of Hebrews that's writing a group of people that are thinking about abandoning Christianity and returning to Judaism, the overall message is you can't do this. You can't even think about doing this because Christianity isn't some extra thing over here. It's not a continuation of Judaism. Christianity is the ultimate fulfillment of Judaism, so much so that you can't go back. That's why Jesus did things like negate the dietary laws. That's why we don't follow the ceremonial laws. That's why circumcision is not a sacrament. It's not required. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all the ways that Christianity is the ultimate fulfillment of Judaism because Jesus fulfilled the law of Judaism. But this thing that's out there right now, this glorification where Christianity is just the mere continuation, it plays exactly into what Ananias and others were saying about Paul and the way originally, that, oh, yeah, they're trying to pervert, they're trying to stir up. It's still a while coming yet that the Jews figure out that what they really need to say to the Romans is, hey, these guys have nothing to do with us whatsoever. Not only are they not faithful followers of Judaism, they're completely, they're this other religion, Caesar, and they've never paid their tribute to you and they won't bow down to you like we have, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, they haven't figured that part out yet. So here, they're still trying to say that, that this is like a, an insurrectionist movement within Judaism. Paul very quickly shuts that down. He identifies that he is not a sect of Judaism, not a subset of Judaism. And you and I need to be very careful about that too. Christianity is the fulfillment to Judaism. Christianity is the answer to Judaism, so much so that if you read the book of Hebrews, if you go to the book of Galatians, you find out that the real seed of Abraham has nothing to do with ethnic Judaism. It's not about who has ethnic ties to, to, to being a Jew. The real seed of Abraham is Jesus Christ and those who put their faith in him. In fact, Paul goes so far in Galatians to say that Abraham is your father if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, okay? Again, Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism, not a continuation of it. But to that end, after being very clear that he said they, they call us a sect, Paul goes on, and again, this is in the middle of verse 14. He says, I believe everything that agrees with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Now, very interestingly, Paul has done two things there simultaneously, two things. The first is that he has shown himself to not be some sort of insurrectionist working within Judaism, right? He's saying, hey, they have no evidence of what they're accusing me of. And besides, I, I believe everything that's written in the law and the prophets. So Paul has, has simultaneously said, I'm not an insurrectionist. I'm not a continuation of Judaism. We don't represent that. And at the same time, he's affirmed his belief in the Holy Scriptures, what we're going to find is, is that later on, Paul is going to differentiate with Felix. He's going to have around two years to do this, but he's going to differentiate. But right here at this point in time, he's showing himself not to be the man that they are accusing him of being in terms of some sort of political insurrections. And at the same time, he is boldly proclaiming the truth of God's word. 
And indeed, y'all, this is why it's so important that we see Christianity as the fulfillment of Judaism, not as a supplement to it, not as the continuation of it, as if Judaism is the real prize or anything like that. Y'all, we, we don't take from Judaism. We are the fulfillment of Judaism. That's why to the Jew that says, oh, yeah, well, we really believe the Old Testament. It's like, no, we're the ones that really believe the Old Testament because the Jews deny all of the prophecies of Christ. It, take all the things. Think back to Christmas time, right, when we were in Isaiah. And, and some people call Isaiah the gospel of Isaiah, though it was written 700 years or so before Jesus was born. All of the prophecies about Jesus, down to the crucifixion, the virgin birth, all the Bethlehem, the story. All of these prophecies, the Jews don't recognize a single one of them. And not only that, all the way back in Genesis 3, where the, the, the seed of the woman will rise up and crush the head of the serpent, we know that's talking about Jesus. The Jews completely deny this. Paul asserts here, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm, I am one of the way. He allows that use, that terminology of the way to describe Christianity because it's a way of life. Talked about this previously. That's okay with him. But he's very quick to say, I affirm all of the teachings of Scripture. And he does everything but say, I actually affirm them. They don't. They missed it when it comes to Jesus. He's going to make that clear with, with Festus. Well, he's going to do that with Festus too, with Felix. Festus is the next governor. That was a slip of the tongue. But nevertheless, it, that's what he's doing right here and now. And again, this goes back to the shrewd as a serpent thing, doesn't it? Where he's simultaneously able to do both of these things. And I say he, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, especially that capstone verse. So I strive, verse 16, always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Now, side note, an application for today because we're out of time. Y'all, as Paul describes Christianity as the fulfillment of Judaism, he does so in two ways. Again, uh, the first way is in affirming the scriptures. Here's your application for today. Do you? Do you believe that the Bible is God's holy word? And do you accept all of it as God's word? And before you say, oh, yes, obviously, that question is answered not only in what you say and in what you think, that question is answered in how you live. Because the whole idea of affirming God's word but then living contrary to it, that just doesn't add up. So to that end, Paul makes that capstone statement in verse 16 to Felix when talking about the true nature of his devotion, he says, so because I believe in the resurrection of both the, the, the wicked and the righteous, in other words, because I believe that, that we're going to be resurrected and we're going to stand before the Lord one day, verse 16, so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Paul describes Christianity as one of devotion to God's word in thought, in practice, but also this business of keeping conscience clear before God and men. Paul makes something very clear to Felix in terms of why he does what he does, what his motivation is. They brought him to accuse him of being an insurrectionist. What Paul makes very clear is to Festus is I do what I do because I know that I'll be, a held, I'll be held accountable by God. And one day I will answer to him because both the righteous and the unrighteous, the wicked, will be raised from the dead. And I'll have to give an account. Here's the, here's the question today for our devotion. 
do you really believe this? Paul did. And I talk about Paul. He's on trial here, but this is God breathing out his word through him. So we see God's heart on display. God affirms this ideal that there will be a day of reckoning. And on that day of reckoning, we talked about this this past Wednesday night. When you stand before the Lord, one of two things happens. Either A, you give an account of every deed that you've ever done. Not only the bad ones, but the good ones that you did for the wrong reasons. Either you do that or you stand in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ because he's the one that fulfilled the law. And either you have your faith in Christ, either you belong to Jesus through a personal relationship with him, either you are covered by the blood of the lamb so that you don't have to provide the rationale, or you do provide that rationale. You have to give an account before God. And as the psalmist pondered, so we must, if God should count iniquities, who could stand? And the answer is none of us. So if you have Jesus, you stand before God covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ. And instead of him examining all of your faults, comings and goings, your, your, your misdeeds, your missteps, instead of him pouring your sin out there on trial, he sees the perfect obedience of his son. Or he sees you. And then not only do you have to give an account, you got to pay for it. In the same way that you're either covered by Jesus or you're not, either Jesus has paid for your sins or you pay for your sins. That's just how it goes. It can't be any other way. God's holy. He's got to be just. There's got to be recompense for sin. And either you pay or Jesus has paid. But Paul's conviction here is that he lives in light of that. I've got to have a clear conscience. I've got to live in light of the fact that God calls me to be holy. How do you live? What is at the forefront of your thought, your rationale, your process? It is my hope and it is my prayer that you recognize the need for faith in Jesus Christ and that you indeed have been saved by him. But because of that salvation, it is my hope that you strive to do as Paul did to keep a clear conscience before God and men, not because you've got to, but because you understand this salvation that you stand under in Christ. If that's not you, and you know that it's not you, if you live in fear of judgment, you and I need to talk. Because sometimes the devil works that way, and, and we forget, and, and he tries to tempt us. The devil loves. I've heard it said that, that Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but calls you by your name. There's a reason that the devil is called the accuser. He wants us to focus on all the wrong things that we've done and live in fear of these things, or he wants us to dismiss them and do them again. doesn't matter. The whole point is to get us off track. But y'all, sometimes we face challenges to faith where we can be concerned about our eternal prospects. If you're concerned and you don't know that you're covered by the blood of Jesus, get in touch with me. We need to talk because it may be possible that you've never really put your faith in him. But if you have put your faith in him, if you know that you'll stand before God covered by the, by the blood of the lamb, sorry, I'm tongue-tied, covered by the blood of the lamb, then y'all, our marching orders are given here. Strive always to keep a clear conscience for God and man. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and we thank you for the example that Paul gives here of what it really means to follow you. Let us do the same. Convict our hearts of these things so that we would turn to you again and again. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord Willem will be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., or at least that's when it'll be posted. Whenever you happen to find it, it's just dandy too. But again, thank you for being a part of this time, and Lord Willem, we'll see you again soon.